Welcome to the Modern Lawn Library Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Rawls. We've spoken in the past to many nonfiction writers and memoirists, and to a few novelists as well. The book we're discussing in this episode is Supreme Ambitions, and I'm here with its author, David Latt. It's definitely fiction, but its exploration of the adventures of an ambitious young law clerk for a Ninth Circuit judge has some intriguing echoes of David's own life. David, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for speaking with us. Thanks for having me, Lee. Great to be here. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners are already going to be familiar with your backstory, but for those who aren't, can you tell us a little bit about your career? Uh, Yes. So I graduated from law school. I clerked on the uh, U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, where Supreme Ambitions is set. I then worked for a law firm in New York, Wachtell Lipton, for a few years. Uh, Following that, I worked as an assistant U.S. attorney in my home state of New Jersey, uh, under then U.S. Attorney and now Governor uh, Chris Christie. Uh, while I was in the U.S. Attorney's Office, I started a blog that I did under a pseudonym, uh, a blog called Underneath Their Robes, News, Gossip, and Colorful Commentary About the Federal Judiciary. Uh, that was a blog I did under a pseudonym because I was still a practicing federal prosecutor. Uh, I did that kind of just for fun. It was a bit of a lark, but a year and a half in, uh, after developed readership, uh, I revealed myself as its author in an interview with The New Yorker. Uh, a couple of months after that, I left the U.S. Attorney's Office for a full-time uh, blogging job at the political website Wonkette. And after doing Wonkette for a couple of months, uh, I launched AboveTheLaw.com, which is the legal profession website that I currently edit. Uh, And Above the Law has been around for a while now. It's uh, more than eight years old. It's uh, grown quite a bit since we launched in 2006. So that, in a nutshell, is how I made the transition from practicing law to writing about it. Going back to Underneath Their Robes, which is really how you came to a lot of people in the legal blogosphere's attention, you wrote that in the persona of a woman. And in this novel, the character, the main character who is written about in first person is Audrey Coyne, and she's a woman. She's a 24-year-old, half-Filipino woman. Uh, What made you decide to do that, to write in a female persona? Well, I think uh, that's a great question, Lee. I think that part of my interest in doing Supreme Ambitions was going back in a way to the underneath their robes days. I had so much fun doing that website. And even though its audience compared to Above the Law is quite small, it it was a labor of love. I just find the federal uh, judiciary and that world so fascinating. And in order to reconnect with Underneath Their Robes, I thought it might be good to adopt uh, a female voice. Uh, I guess you could say I've always been in touch with my feminine side, and I thought it would be fun and different to write from uh, the perspective of a young woman. Uh, so I guess that is uh, what led me to uh, to write from the perspective of Audrey as opposed to Adam. Another thing I found interesting was, and I'm not going to spoil anything for people who have not read the book yet, but the, there's a character and a subplot in which you sort of reference a blog similar to Underneath the Robes called Beneath Their Robes. And Audrey really shows quite a bit of contempt for the character who we do find out um, has written this blog. What made you make that authorial decision? It was interesting. I I felt that writing this book at times was almost like uh, kind of therapy for me. 
And I think in articulating that anti-blog perspective, uh, I wanted to explore both sides of that coin, both the good and the bad sides of blogging, both what is great about it in terms of sharing information with people and also what could be negative about it, uh, breaching confidences, ruining reputations. So uh, I think I wanted to give a strong articulation to the anti-blog perspective just because obviously, personally, uh, I am very pro-legal blogs. Uh, so I, I think that is what I was going for when I created Beneath Their Robes in the book and uh, had Audrey have in some respects, a very negative reaction to it. You talk about it being sort of like therapy. What was it like slipping back into that mindset of 24-year-old law clerk overwhelmed with both self-doubt and ambition? You know, I don't, I know that I, at 24, am not the woman that I am now at 34. And I find it very interesting that Audrey does some, you know, fairly, I would say, shameful and underhanded things. What was it like slipping back into that mindset of desperation and, and youth like that? I totally agree with you, Lee, that we all mature and age and grow wiser. Uh, I like to think that Audrey herself, over the course of the novel, uh, does some things that she's not proud of, but also learns and uh, moves on and, and improves. I really enjoyed getting back into that anxious, ambitious mindset of my 20s. It might sound strange because the condition of being anxious and ambitious actually doesn't sound very fun. Uh, but for me, I think reliving that in writing this novel was, again, as I was saying, therapeutic. It allowed me to look back on my former self with a greater sense of perspective. Uh, as uh, some observers have noted, there are some similarities between myself and Audrey. And so writing about her story and her journey through the profession was in a way like looking back on my own uh, years starting out as a law clerk and a young lawyer. It was funny. I was talking to someone else about this book and about the strong visceral reactions I was having towards a lot of the characters and their choices. And I was just like, I was angry. And, and she said, I think that why you're angry is that you're realizing that this really is how things work in the back rooms. And I think that's something that people have mentioned in reviews and such is finding so fascinating is um, uncovering and exposing the kind of politicking that is involved. Can you talk a little bit about how it was for you to experience that and why you chose to write about that particular aspect of the justice system? Well, I think that one thing I found very fascinating when I clerked at the Ninth Circuit was uh, how politically charged issues can be. Uh, how a lot of the issues that appellate judges are dealing with are inflected with ideological and political considerations. So in this novel, I wanted to explore that. I wanted to look at law versus politics, which I would say is a dominant theme of the novel. It's certainly something very important. What is the difference between law and politics? Uh, how does uh, law get affected by political perspectives? The other thing I would say about the novel is it is a coming-of-age story in a way. And so I wanted to uh, capture Audrey's moving from innocence to experience, where she has one somewhat simple vision of the law and its relationship to politics at the start of the clerkship. And by the end, she is perhaps uh, older and wiser about the way the world works. 
Uh, again, I don't want to spoil the ending. I think that I think that her worldview in the end uh, is somewhat positive, and she still has some uh, degree of faith in the law. But I wanted to again uh, show both sides of the coin. I wanted to give clear and strong articulation to uh, competing visions of the relationship between law and politics. So full disclosure, this book is being published by the ABA for its new trade imprint, Anchorwick. So David, what made you decide to publish with the ABA rather than a different publishing house? As some uh, of the news articles and reviews of the book have noted, it is very much steeped in law. Uh, It is a legal novel, but I'm not sure it is a conventional legal thriller. There aren't really car chases or murders, and legal doctrine is an important part of the plot. So I was very comfortable and enthusiastic about working with the ABA, considering that it is the preeminent organization professionally for lawyers in the United States. Uh, I was very excited by the notion of Anchorwick being a part of the ABA that publishes fiction for a broad audience, uh, as well as nonfiction too, touching on law and legal issues. So I've had a great experience working with uh, my editor, John Malzak, and everyone at uh, the ABA and Anchorwick uh, on this project. You know, you brought up that uh, it's, it doesn't really feel like a legal thriller. And I think that having read the book is one of the things I find so funny about some of the, the coverage, calling it a legal thriller. And I would really, you know, you're the author, but I, I feel like I would argue this really is a, a legal novel. It explains a lot of legal terms and, and, and concepts and, and how the legal world works. Do you think that the reason people are keep calling it a thriller is that that's what we're, how we're used to seeing the justice system covered? I agree with that, Lee. I think that the book is not a conventional legal thriller, but it gets slotted into that uh, category because so many legal uh, books, uh, fictional, do take the form of thrillers. And I should mention, I enjoy uh, legal thrillers. Uh, I enjoy John Grisham and Scott Turow and uh, Alison Leota and a lot of other really talented lawyers turned writers. So I enjoy it. And maybe someday I will write a more uh, traditional legal thriller. Uh, But I think you're right. I think that part of the reason this book is called a legal thriller is most fiction, uh, especially commercial as opposed to literary fiction, uh, about the law takes the form of the thriller. And that there's some serial killer after this young law clerk or, or something of that nature, which I don't think it's a spoiler to tell you, does not happen, readers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There, there were some things that I steered clear of, uh, partly because I wanted the book to be realistic and partly, to be honest, as a first-time novelist, Uh, I had some doubts about my ability to pull certain things off. I think I would have a very hard time writing a car chase, writing a murder, writing a full-on sex scene. Uh, So I kind of tried to play to my strengths and uh, dodge my weaknesses. I did feel at the end of this book that there were hints of perhaps future journeys of Audrey's. Do you think that you will continue with this character and write more about her journey, or do you feel like this is really a standalone, which it could be? I actually am open on that, Lee. Uh, I wrote the book with 
an eye to keeping open the possibility of a sequel. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I could try something different. Uh, I definitely did want to leave open the option of pursuing further adventures of Audrey and her boss and her friends. Uh, so uh, I did want to keep that possibility open. Uh, one aspect of my thinking is I just want to see how this book is received. It's my first book, my debut novel. It's Anchorwick's first uh, title. Uh, I want to see how people like it. Uh, how is it received? How is it reviewed? How does it sell? I want to see if uh, people have an appetite to uh, hear more about uh, this young woman. One thing I found really interesting in reading, um, because there's been a lot of commentary on the legal blogosphere and in uh, a lot of chatter about oh, who do you think this character is based on, and of course that was always going to happen, but um, is that no one seems to be coming out and saying, oh my gosh, David got it all wrong, this is too dramatic, everyone's too terrible, da 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 And I find that really telling that you managed to nail the atmosphere that goes on in these very young people who are drafting such important opinions. Absolutely. I think one of the lesser known features about the legal world for non-lawyers is the influence and the important role that law clerks play in crafting and issuing these decisions that affect millions of people around the country. Uh, so one of the things I did have in mind in writing the book was uh, to the extent it got read by people outside the legal profession, uh, I wanted to show the important role that people who are just out of law school have in uh, handing down law that governs us all. Uh, so I did want to explore that important role played by law clerks within the judicial system, which some other books have touched upon as well. Uh, there have been various books over the years about the law clerk, whether it's Brad Meltzer's Tenth Justice or Syra Rouse Chambermaid and a number of others. Uh, but I, it was definitely something I consciously uh, wanted uh, to explore. Uh, on the issue of drama, uh, if anything, people have complained that the book is not dramatic enough. Uh, this may go back to what we were discussing earlier regarding it not being a true thriller. Uh, there are plot twists that turn on uh, things like jurisdiction. So it is a book that I like to think of as suspenseful. I like to think it holds people's interest. I would not call it uh, a conventional uh, thriller. So final question, if you had to give some words of wisdom to newly graduated law students who are about to take their first big clerking position, what would it be? What I would tell young lawyers about to start clerkships is to take a long-term view of their careers. One of the issues that the novel explores pertains to legal ethics. Uh, another issue the novel explores looks at relationships uh, between mentors and mentees, between peers of one another. I would advise people who are starting clerkships to think about the long term. Uh, remember that you have an entire career ahead of you. So doing something that uh, might give you a short-term advantage professionally, but is unethical or would damage a relationship is probably not something you would want to do. Uh, legal careers can extend for decades. Uh, it is in many ways mental rather than physical labor. So I would urge people who are starting clerkships, which I have to say are wonderful, wonderful experiences. I loved my uh, clerkship with Judge O'Scanlan on the Ninth Circuit. 
I would urge people who are starting clerkships to have the long view and uh, comport themselves ethically and with an eye to maintaining good relationships uh, with their bosses and with their co-clerks. Well, David, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with us. This was a really great conversation. Thank you so much, Lee. I truly enjoyed it. And thank you all for listening and joining us next time for the next edition of The Modern Law Library.